Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dyslexic Season 3, Episode 18. It's July, which means it's my birthday month. And for my birthday month, we are doing a very special series all month long here on the podcast. Starting today, I would like to welcome you to Dyslexic's Decade Park. What is Dyslexic's Decades Park? Well, it's an imaginary theme park concept that me and my friends will be building all month long on the podcast. Each week, we will be designing an area of the park themed to a decade from the late 1900s. Um, So that means from the 1970s to the 2000s, each area will have attractions, dining, entertainment, and fun throwbacks for all to enjoy. So take a walk with us and enjoy Dyslexic's Decades Park. Now, this week, we are focusing on our 1970s-themed area of the park. And joining me to help build this section of the park is my great friend, Danielle. Hello, and welcome back, Danielle. I need to do something (laughs) different this time, too. I am so excited to have you on. Me, too. This is going to be a fun episode, guys. This is going to be really really awesome and make you laugh or really really awesome and make you cry either way or some <laughs> big wig's gonna be like wow i love this idea i can't wait for next week's episode and he's gonna pay all everybody who's on the podcast this month um to work together and make this park a reality yes any creatives that want to hire me for like six figure salary i will come work for you right away i agree We're just putting that out in the universe. Okay. Now that's out in the universe. (laughs) I think it's time you and I get started on this groovy section of the park. I had to. I had to. I had to. to. I had to. I know that's more 60s, but like, it kind of spills into the 70s. It's fine. If they say it on the Brady Bunch, it's fine. (laughs) I just keep thinking about that that song in WandaVision that goes ba 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 WandaVision. <laughs> time that we've, I've been thinking about like, building this part of the park that's all I've been singing to myself the whole time. It's like, like, you know, whenever Paul Rudd is doing the karaoke at home and he's like, Hello world, there's a song that we're singing. That was singing. Come on, get happy. Get I love happy. that. Speaking of that, this is Disney related. Do you have you ever seen an extremely goofy movie? Yes. And Goofy goes on like that weird trip. Yes. <laughs> and I don't mean a vacation. That weird trip where it's that song in the background and it's all colorful and crazy and yes. scary. Yes. 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 Um, yes. I used to love that part of the movie because of the song, and I would sing it so much. Oh, that's hilarious. That was a great movie. It was a great movie. <laughs> Not as good as the first, but it was it was it was a good. It was good. It was good. <coughs> it wasn't as good as the first, but like Goofy was was great. He was a single dad. He was really proud of his son. He was a single dad who worked too hard, who loves his kids and never stops. Put gentle oh hands and heart of a fighter. <laughs> Survivor. <laughs> I 
haven't even talked about the park yet, and we're we're laughing our, our butts off, guys. We can't because <laughs> now I'm just thinking this goofy, starring in Reba, this TV series. Oh, I can't breathe. Okay, that's a concept. That's fan art. We need goofy as Reba in Reba the TV series. Um, Could you see him with, like with the big, like poofy, curly red afro? And, and like one that. of her beautiful like red gowns beaded. Yes. He's just on stage. He's what you yes. fancy. Don't let me down. Yeah. Okay, we digress. Anyway, <laughs> now that we've gotten off topic. Yeah. Yeah, this is about the 70s. This isn't about my love for Reba McIntyre. <laughs> so um, within each area of the park, each week, we're going to be talking about rides that are themed to the decade, uh, quick service or restaurants and food, venues, entertainment options, and any other fly, uh, you know, fly off the cuff ideas that come to our head because you never know what will happen with creativity. So let's jump in and let's talk about the rides for the first area of Dyslexics Decades Park the 1970s so Danielle I'm going to let you start us off here with your first attraction that's going to be in this area oh wow I'm so glad you let me go first Scott I appreciate it it had to be one of us (laughs) (laughs) I know I know okay so this first first piece art in this part of the park is going to be the lovely Sergeant Pepper's coaster band. Okay. It is a wooden coaster that's painted all white. You know, it's kind of like loosely based off of the Thunderbolt at Kennywood. Um, I'm already in love. <laughs> and love wooden coasters so anyway so it's based off of that loosely and you can like go through and you can like <sighs> hold on gather myself as I prepare it's more in depth so this coaster painted all white and then it has lovely colorful daisies painted all over it so it's like that kitschy type of style. This is the um, best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> she style 70s type of like design that you would see like uh, especially on women's clothes. They were like bright colorful daisies or waves and things like that. Um, so that's kind of what this coaster is like aimed towards. Um, as far as looks, um, whenever you're actually waiting in line, you'll actually hear like different Beatles songs that were like popular um, during that period, specifically from the album. Um, that's kind of what I was thinking. It was a it was a good solid attraction. That's not anything technology based um, that you would see in the time period. Something that was fairly popular. Um, on something that keeps it, you know, really oh me as far as being true to the decade as far as um, ride system wise and everything, but yet keeping to a theme and everything. That makes sense. I love this idea. It's I can already like I see it. It's beautiful. I see like these yellow, like 
yellow and white like daisies all over it it's so like i see it i feel like it's beautiful i feel like you could really make like the queue a really fun kind of beatles memorabilia museum kind of somewhat psychedelic kind of fun adventure to get to the actual attraction yeah absolutely i mean this could even be like a an indoor outdoor coaster if you wanted it to so that it could almost kind of be like you're riding the audience you know <gasps> like, like crowd surfing the at the concert and you're like crowd surfing at the concert and going all over and then you come back to the load station where the stage quotes stairs stages kind of like you're crowd surfing You've I would love ahead. it to be You've kind like of like backstage and everything and seeing all their stuff, like their guitars, things like that. Yes. I would love it to kind of be similar, like in my head, like I'm envisioning kind of like rock and roller coaster with Beatles music playing as you're like going up and down these hills and Yeah, that would be so airplane. cool. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I love it. Okay, now let's hear yours. I'm I'm interested. I'm like I'm like pumped to hear what you got. Come on. So, since you got one of the coasters covered, I thought I would go with a flat ride, and something huge in the '70s, and something that when I think '70s, it's one of the first things that clicks in my head. It's disco. Okay. And for me, I'm wanting to create a ride it would be called disco fever it would be um an indoor mondial magnum ride now um magnums are these um flat rides and if you want to to make it easier anybody listening or daniel if you want to you can google them um they're mondial magnum rides so m-o-n-d-i-l-e M-A-G-N-U-M for anybody who's wanting to look it up. <clears throat> Basically, they are these flat rides where you are on one big turntable and it has um, kind of similar to a scrambler. It has like four or five different um, individual um, like cylinders that uh, have arms attached to them that also spin kind of like, you know, scrambler style if you've ever seen a scrambler attraction. Um, but on these, uh, the, the arms that are attached to these cylinders go out to these ride cars that have over-the-shoulder restraints. And the ride cars can freely flip and spin at the same time. So they spin teacup style and can flip upside down. So as you're going... Ooh. Yes. So as you're going... That actually sounds really cool. I like this idea for the disco. Thank you. I wanted to give us kind of like a fun, thrilling ride um, for such like, uh, you know, a lively and iconic music genre. Um, yeah, I love it. But uh, as you're riding the ride um, and flipping and spinning, um, diff you can ride multiple times and hear tons of dis disco music, you know. Um, you can hear Bee Gees and Donna Summer and uh, Gloria Gaynor and like all these disco legends, uh, Sylvester, like all these disco legends, um, their music playing. And as you're riding and flipping and spinning as like you're dancing on the dance floor, 
I would love a giant disco ball in the middle and a giant disco ball hanging above with lots of lights and, uh, you know, lights and like a, maybe like a DJ kind of booth at it. Kind of like you're almost going into like a Club 54 disco 70s adventure. Um, and uh, in the queue, we have to have the iconic light up disco floor, like the multicolored dance floor with squares. Oh, like Saturday Night Fever? Yes, just like Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> so you get to go. Yeah, so you get to go into like this Club 54 <clears throat> looking building. You know, it may be a, like a, a recreation of Club 54, which could be a little touchy feely. I, I know it's a little, a little wild in there, but th- it was one of the most iconic places, iconic party scenes of the 70s. And so, you know, you go into this building and you're riding Disco Fever, the the Mondial Magnum ride where you're flipping and spinning to disco music surrounded by disco uh, disco balls and lights flashing and colorful dance floors and iconic disco music. And I just think it'd be so fun to like be flipping and spinning to I Feel Love or You Make Me Feel Mighty Real or <laughs> Staying Alive. Like, it'd be so fun to just go on a wild ride with that music I think yes yes and you know I really like this idea but I kind of want to make it kid friendly too like because I think that for some people like with this like the strobing and everything and like the disco and everything because that's how lights were back then Almost right. like you need to have like a mild and then a wild side. So you know how like you could go on on two on, like the same ride, and you get two different experiences based off of like which track you were on. It's like I feel like this this ride could really do that really well, um, and I it agree. wouldn't make you feel like any less of an experience either. I feel like what we could do is instead of having a um, a Mondial Magnum ride. If we were to do a more family-friendly version or a side, I think putting a classic scrambler with all the lights and still yeah. fun music would still be a good way yeah, yeah. Um, to incorporate that. Um, oh. Yeah, absolutely. So that way, you know, you don't have the risk of, you know, flipping 14 times <laughs> while you're trying to ride the the mild version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so that was my first attraction. Um what's your next attraction because I'm already loving this section of the park. My gosh. So the next one is actually a marriage of something old and something new. So this space this um, attraction is an Omni Mover attraction, so it's kind of almost in the vein of um, uh, some people might know um, the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin at, at Disney World or mm-hmm. in any of the Disney parks. Um, this is a Space Invaders UFO excursion ride. Oh so my gosh, is, I love it! You get to play Space Invaders and spin around and everything on this Omni Mover, and it's almost like you're inside of the Space Invaders game and playing it. 
Um, Atari had just come out at the time, and this was one of the favorite games um, for the system whenever it first came out. And I figured that this would just be a perfect marriage between technology um, that we have available to us today and a, 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 pro, a, a favorite game that was almost one of the first video games you could say and um it's a favorite that's also stood the test of time and i think would really age well no matter what time of period you would put it in a park um everybody knows space invaders they played it in the 80s um there are people that even like competitively play it now at the local you know game bar in my area i mean Um, yeah there's even like i know a lot of a lot of um like arcades and barcades are um getting this new version of space invaders where you actually sit in like a giant chair and play with two people on like a humongous screen to kind of give you that effect of like real life so it's almost like taking that version of the game and turning it into a really almost fun like a whole, experience yeah. yeah yes so like imagine having like <clears throat> could have like the twinkly lights and everything and and make it on on such a large scale so that it actually feels like you're in space it's almost like virtual reality without doing virtual reality i love this idea and i would be so down i feel like every park at this point kind of needs to have their iconic shoot 'em up dark ride attraction Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like things like Space Ranger Spin or um, Men in Black, I don't think that those will ever go out of style just because of the fact that they're, you know, they're an easy ride that no matter what language you speak or what culture you come from, you know what it is. You know what to do. You just pick up up your 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 shooter and then just go to town on whatever you're shooting at, whether it's, you know, evil emperor zerg targets or aliens that are you know taking over new york and boo blasters or yeah yeah turkeys if you're a holiday world but you don't shoot at them at holiday world you call them out with a turkey call (laughs) i remember whenever it used to be um scooby snacks these snack boxes for um, whenever they had the Scooby Doo's. Uh, pre boo blasters. <laughs> yeah, whenever it was pre boo blasters. Yeah. No Lucifer so in that ride. Is the Zerg in that ride? Oh, I have no idea. I don't remember. It's been so long. <laughs> um. No, but I, I think that attraction would fit perfect in here and really, like, heighten up the thing. It would be really fun to exit out into, like, an arcade with 70s games. Like, you know, you have Pong and Space Invaders and, um, you know, like, Centipede. and Yeah, yeah, this would be a really good spot to also put, like, a an old-school arcade, if you will, um... Whenever I think of arcades, I think of the 70s and the 80s and... and Agreed. I think that in in those two areas of the park, you've got to have some level of of an arcade or a video game 
hub, if you will. Most um, definitely. They were just so pivotal in um, in the leap forward in technology for those two decades. I think what would be really cool is if you could enter on either side. Like, you can enter in 70s or 80s to go to this attraction. Oh, now that would be really cool because Space Invaders was still really big in the 80s. So what you could do is maybe make it like on like one side you the enter transition in and it's ride. Like, it be a transition ride or it could be like one track is like all like 80s themed with 80s themed music and it's like a totally different experience than the other side which is like most like original themed. I don't know. That might be just too much. If you over the top. Even if you did that, it would be really cool as if if you're on the 80s side and you're on the 70s side, if you had like one kind of see-through screen, kind of like on Men in Black at that one section, but you're trying to compete yes. with those people. Yes, exactly. That would be so much fun. Agreed. That would be awesome. Oh my gosh. <laughs> love it. Love it, love I it, love it. it. So, well, this part of the park is just going to be so overdone. <laughs> it is, and I, I'm already here for it. So, uh, my second attraction um, is kind of based on, it is kind of a predecessor, um, a spiritual predecessor to King's Island's Enchanted Voyage, which was a, when King's Island opened, it was owned by the Taft Broadcasting casting company and open in the 1970s so the current planet snoopy land or area of the park used to be uh the happy land of hanna-barbera and it was all themed to hanna-barbera cartoons which were massive in the 70s those were the saturday morning cartoons where anything hanna-barbera produced yeah oh my gosh i totally forgot about that that could be our kids section Exactly. And so for me, I have decided a fun little family coaster called Here Comes Hanna-Barbera would be a really fun attraction and kind of a spiritual predecessor to that attraction. Almost like an homage to uh, Enchanted Voyage. Um, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. I would like to use the same coaster style as um dollywood's fire chaser express which is a small family launch coaster that launches forwards and backwards and can really do a lot um and also can use a chain lift and all kinds of things like it's a very versatile coaster and super fun <clears throat> so and here comes Hanna barbera i would love to do excuse me i would love to do um this attraction that's almost like a mix of Enchanted Voyage and um, the Hanna-Barbera attraction at Universal Orlando where you get to go into the different worlds of the Hanna-Barbera cartoon. So, um, it's like the simulator attraction that Universal had where you get to explore the different worlds, but it's like Enchanted Voyage where instead of chasing after somebody like in the Universal attraction, you're just going to explore and go through these different worlds of these um characters and so in this um you would get into your roller coaster cars which is all themed to the iconic and one of my favorite Hanna-Barbera cartoons 
wacky races. You get to the wacky races cars um, that are all lined up for the wacky race, and you would launch, and you're going to do wacky races through all these different worlds. And so, you know, you're going to launch out of the station, and you're going to start in the world of wacky races, and you would race other characters. Um, you know, like you would have characters side by side, either by screen or animatronic. Um, where you would race them kind of down the track and try to get to the finish line first. And as you get to the finish line, you go into a drop, um, like a, kind of like a turn drop into your next section. You go back up and boom, you have landed, or sorry, yeah, you have landed into the quarry where Fred and Barney work from the Flintstones. I love this so much. And uh, what happens is you kind of jump over the quarry wall and land on top of one of the uh, dinosaur cranes that Fred and Barney work on and you get to ride down the neck of the dinosaur like Fred and Barney do with them side by side as they're screaming, you know, yabba dabba do and sliding down the crane just like they always did in the cartoon to go home. And so that would be a drop is going down that dinosaur crane's neck with Fred and Barney. Um... And as you do that, you end up sliding into a cave within the quarry, and you end up inside of a haunted house with Scooby-Doo and the gang. My goodness, I just love this so much. We were just talking about blue blasters. (laughs) And as you do that, this is kind of the transition period where you, you come to a stop, and as you're stopping, you're kind of on like this turntable or track switch kind of deal. Where, um, as you're there, you know, you're watching Scooby and the gang do one of the classic chase scenes with, you know, one of the classic monsters. Personally, my favorite, or personally what I would probably go with is either the Creeper or, uh, the Giggling Green Ghost, or, um... Yeah, agreed, agreed. Those are just so iconic. Exactly, and I would just love to see them, um... as characters, so you, you know, you're watching them do one of those classic kind of hallway gags where they're running in and out, um... <clears throat> and uh, as um, what happens is you end up getting scared by the monster. It pops up and kind of spooks you, so you end up launching backwards. And as you launch backwards, um, you are actually uh, flying above the futuristic city of the Jetsons. And in this area, you know, uh, you're seeing the Jetsons fly around, probably on a screen, I would say, uh, flying around you. Uh, in their flying cars, and you see uh, George and George and Judy and Elroy and the mom's name that I always forget. Ain't his wife. <laughs> his boy Elroy, daughter Judy, Jane, his wife Jane. Jane. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sing the whole song. I was singing the whole song the whole time we talked about this sexual part. I can't. You know, you see, you see all of the Jetsons, even Rosie the robot, and they're in their flying car. You know, um, going around and racing you around. And as you go down this uh, backwards hill, uh, you end up coming to another track switch section. Um, But in this section, you are in Jellystone with Yogi Bear and Boo Boo. Yo, Boo Boo. <laughs> and they're talking about stealing a picnic basket and they're asking you to help and uh you agree and and you launch to go get the picnic basket 
but you end up taking a wrong turn and you you end up um you end up uh flying out of jellystone and onto the road back with the characters from wacky races and you end up winning the race and returning back to the station and you have explored the world of Hanna barbera on the here comes Hanna barbera family coaster i love it that was dang satisfying thank you um i thought i don't know it was just something that like i really for a long time was honestly trying to stay away from Hanna-Barbera characters, but I'm like, they were such a huge part of the 1970s, uh, even to today. Yeah, they yeah, are. and absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, HBO is ju- it just announced recently, I just saw it, um, a, kind of like a revival kind of series called Welcome to Jellystone. And the whole thing is in the town and park of Jellystone. Um, it's all these Hanna-Barbera car- cartoon characters uh, together, and it's it's most of the characters, but not like the super popular ones, you know, not not the Jetsons, not the Flintstones, not Scooby-Doo, not um, yeah, them, but it is people like Yogi and Boo Boo and Quick Draw McGraw and Adam Ant and Captain Caveman and Jabberjaw and like all those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, even with that new series, if our imaginary park were to be real, kids would be relearning these characters. And I just think it'd be a really fun attraction. Oh, it would be so cool because I feel like, oh, whenever they made the Justins, they thought that that was what 2005 was going to look like. Right. So, I mean, just giving a fresh perspective of, like, the Jetsons and everything to this generation, I think, would be um, be something that's incredibly cool. And I think that you're absolutely right. Those characters are starting to come back in style. Like, they even have Yogi Bear, like you just said, um, being a spot on the Geico commercials now. Exactly. Like, Hanna-Barbera characters are such a big nostalgia point for a lot of people. Um, and they're, they're just, they're iconic. And so I feel like they had to be, um, in this 70s section. Yeah, they probably do fit in the 70s section. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Now I do have a question and only because our stipulations have changed bit in time and time again. Do you have any other attractions you would like to add or have planned to add? I haven't planned any expansions to this part of the park. Um, <laughs> That's totally fine. I just wanted to check because, like I said, sometimes when you get to being creative with people, sometimes that gives a spark. And with creating this whole park over a whole decade, you never know what could happen. Or this no, whole section I mean, of the if park. I, if I would expand any part of the park, it would be the Hanna-Barbera. Because, I mean, you could do so many other rides, like smaller like C and D level attractions. I totally um, agree. There's so much you can do with the Hanna Barbera characters and they just fit so well into theme parks. They've done it yeah. over and over and over and over again. Because they always fit. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I did have a backup attraction just in case you and I come up with something too similar. Um Okay, let's, and let's, let's hear it. I'm, I'm interested. I'm it, interested. It's one of my absolute favorite movies of all time, one of, and a classic of the 70s, and a huge 
uh, thing. And no, it's not Jaws because I wasn't taking the easy way out. <laughs> I, that would have been too cool. My last attraction is, uh, and it's not super fleshed out um, because, again, it was my backup. But it is uh, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory Fun House. Oh, okay. Um, because uh, that, like a walkthrough attraction. It would, how would it, you do that? It would be a walkthrough attraction. Um, and but how it would kind of be similar to like the pre-show and kind of deal. Would you'd get to ride on the boat down the Chocolate River into the attraction, and then the rest of the attraction is kind of like a fun interactive. Um, Kind of like innovations, um, you know, family interactive attraction. Not really meant for thrills, but like just kind of fun. So you could like uh, go down candy slides and go into like the shrinking room with the small door that ended up getting bigger that they could go through. And uh, you could like explore the golden goose room and slide down, you know, the slides because you're, you know, a bad egg. You could uh, explore the TV room and see all the static and go into the fizzy lifting drink room with all the bubbles. And, you know, kind of just, like, have, like, a fun little, like, tour, explore, play around kind of deal. That's different. Now, how would you handle that? Would that be a separately ticketed attraction? Like an upcharge? Honestly, how they do um, Legacy or something like that? Right. I would honestly just kind of add it um, into, because like it, in my head, it's kind of in the vein of like Camp Jurassic or Me Ship the Olive at um, Islands of Adventure or Fievel's Playland at um, Universal Proper. Oh, I, got I got you. Yeah, got you. Kind of like a playground, fun, like almost like the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids at Disney, like to give a Disney reference for everybody. Um Something similar to that, but it's all themed to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which was such a huge movie of the time, and it's still uh, a classic to the this day. Yep. No, there's not something. I don't think. Let's see. I do. I might have an idea. Hold on. <laughs> Just had an idea. Okay. What is it? Good. This movie did come out in the 70s. Okay, so the, the guy that was in Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, or Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, um, the 1970s version, was also mm-hmm. in a movie called Blazing Saddles. Oh my gosh. Like Gene comedy. Wilder was in Blazing Saddles. That's it. Gene Wilder. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine... If there was, like, a Blazing Saddles type of, like, I don't know if you want to do this, like, a like a movie type of stunt show where it's, like, all Western. And they, it throws in some comedy when they're having their little, um... Oh my gosh, this would be perfect to add into, like, shows for the area. Yes. That's what I would imagine. Like, this would be a really good, like, stunt show or something like that, where they throw in the comedy in between takes, if you will. Yes. Blazing Saddle That's stunt show. It writes itself. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's like perfect. You know, Westerns were still really popular 
at that point. Mm-hmm. You had comedy. You had, you know, you had a movie that basically broke the fourth wall and made fun of itself so it would be good for all ages. You know, just tame it down from its R rating. Being a little more PG-oriented for the kiddos. Exactly. The show, but, I mean, heck. It could write itself with <laughs> all the jokes that you could pull. You know, especially really if this could. park is open today. I mean, all the jokes that you could pull. I mean, it'd almost be like a Bill and Ted show. Exactly. I love cool. it. I love it. Um, okay, there's, there's entertainment. It was. I was actually going to say that's a perfect transition into the entertainment section of it. And I have uh, two versions of it or two shows slash entertainment offerings for those who aren't there for the rides. Um, both of these shows could really be hosted in like the same theater or, you know, kind of complex. Um, and I kind of went with like your classic, I get with one, your classic get involved show and the other one, your classic kind of sing and dance song show um, that almost all parks have. Um, the first one is Match Game Live, because Match Game was a huge, uh, popular oh game God. show in the 70s. Yes. I know it came out in the yes. 60s, but, like, the 70s, it was a major show. Um, and it's, it's, it's even on to this day, and it's a fun game, it's funny, it's irreverent, it's a little tongue-in-cheek from time to time. And, like, you don't have to have celebrities, but what would be really fun is, since we're in the 70s, if we could have, like, some walk-around characters, like some Hanna-Barbera characters and stuff, that'd be fun. But could you imagine if we had, like, sitcom characters in, like, this match game? Like, pe- like yeah. people from the Brady Bunch, the Partridge Family, and MASH, and... <laughs> oh my gosh, especially from MASH. Oh my it would god. Be so it would fun. Write itself. write itself. It's so funny. Yeah, I love it. It would. And then even if you don't have celebrities, you could just do it with guests and it would still be hilarious. Um, but I think that'd be super fun. Match Game Live. Then my other show would be, and I know this is a 90s show, but the I'm using the, the title as reference. It would be that, that 70s music show. So like that 70s show, that 70s music show. Um <laughs> And it would just be your kind of song and dance compilation of 70s music kind of taking us through the decade. And, you know, almost every part kind of has that kind of show in some form or another. But it's always popular and it's a great way to to uh, cool off. And people really enjoy those kind of shows. That's why most parks have them. And so I just think our park could use that in some capacity. And really, you could do one for each decade. But I just think the '70s was such a was such an iconic decade for music, and it had a very specific sound um, that it'd be great to put in this section. Agreed, absolutely agreed. So, kind of to piggyback off of what you just said about that '70s show. Um, one of my entertainment offerings was actually a Saturday Night Fever, Saturday Night Fever dance party. Yes! Oh, it'd be like, you could, like, they play the music, like, that was popular and featured on Saturday Night Fever. Um, and it'd have, like, the whole disco, they'd go all out with, like, the disco floor with the little, 
you know, squares that changed color and everything and the disco ball and everybody could just come and go as they and stay as long as they want, right? Um, and it'd be something fun for like kids to do, for adults to do, and you know, it'd be true to the decade, if you will. Um, so that was kind of like one of my entertainment offerings. Um, and I have another one. I don't know if you're ready for it or not. Um, now this one's kind of like a dinner and a show, if you will. I'm so excited. Um, it's it's called the Woodstock Dinner and Show Experience. Oh my gosh, I was gonna do a Woodstock thing, but I was like, oh my gosh, Woodstock happened in the '60s, and people would be so mad at me. But like, it happened in '69. That's almost 1970. It's fine. <laughs> well, as far as like music decades are concerned, like my my teacher that taught us about like the different decades in music, like mm-hmm. really, whenever people think about music they think about things in terms of like genres and what was really popular like in the you know from 55 to 65 let's say was really like the Beatles it was like the Who and yeah Beatles and, and the whole British invasion right and that, so like from 65 to 75 was all like the Janis Joplin's the Jimi Hendrix the Exactly. Um, everything that was like really featured and 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 lived in Woodstock, if you will. So I figured that this is just perfect, even though it's not exactly this decade. Um, it works for this decade because of the association of decade with as far as like musically wise. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a dinner and a show experience. So it does feature covers from popular artists of the time period. So it would be, it would, you know, go ahead and have, you'd have like a, a Janice Dop, Joplin lookalike that would do covers of her songs. Um, same way with Jimi Hendrix, people like that. Um, and, you know, like each different night would be like a different artist, if you will. Um, it wouldn't be like the exact same experience every night it'd, it'd be something completely new and different and you could switch things out for holidays and things like that also um, that would be amazing <laughs> yep, yep and then food wise so actually did do some research on Woodstock and apparently LSD was not the only thing on the menu like everybody said it was. Oh wow, also yeah. marijuana. Yeah, so well that wasn't the only thing either. <laughs> and that's all we're serving. <laughs> we are not serving that in the park. No, anyways, we have come up with edible food options and there was actually, believe it or not, a great con- granola shortage in the Woodstock area from all the people that had come in for no experience for the festival. So the menu would actually feature granola, um, different types of fondue, which were also popular in the 70s, and then a lemon-lime poke cake. So poke cakes were also really popular in the 70s. 
and poke cakes all that it is is basically you know how you make a normal cake um in a pan well whenever it's done cooking what you do is you take the back side of a wooden spoon poke holes in it and then you pour jello in the holes and you cover <sighs> I the whole it, thing with, I love it and you cover the whole thing with you know your like cool whip topping if you will Ooh. and it is so cool and delicious and it's light so it doesn't like bog you down whenever you're walking around the park but it's something really cool to eat and tastes really great at the same time that would be so much fun. And if it is like dinner and a show, like if you're paying an extra, you know, whatever to go here, like having a fondue dinner, people pay for that, like a lot for that. And so like, oh. that could be like your big upcharge uh, thing of the section, but, or even really the park. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know what? I, I, I love that idea, but since you brought up food, I think a great way to round out our discussion of this section of our decades park um i'm gonna uh end us out unless we have any uh pressing things at the very end but uh i'm gonna end us out with my uh eatery and mine is gonna be kind of a quick service uh cafe style place and uh it is gonna be called totally tv cafe which i know totally is more of an 80s slang but i really like alliteration so we're going with it okay so it is uh, totally TV cafe. You walk into this big TV set and um, it's kind of like Monsters Cafe where you are surrounded by props from different 70s TV shows and sitcoms. Um, and, you know, you can get your burgers and fries and chicken strips and, you know, that kind of fare there. Um, but, you know, you'd be you could uh, kind of like the Monsters Cafe where you could go into different rooms uh, with memorabilia so you could have memorabilia from the Brady Bunch the Partridge Family and Little House on the Prairie Sanford and Sons uh, All in the Family the Jeffersons Welcome Back Cotter the Facts of Life MASH WKRP all these 70s fun sitcoms oh, yeah, that yeah, were yeah. really popular um, and you know you could go and sit surrounded by props and costumes and um you know, maybe hear the theme songs um, in each rooms or, you know, whatever, as you uh, have your, your dinner or you take it or your lunch or whatever and you take it with you. And I think it would be like a really fun, quick service, eat a quick meal, family style restaurant. Um, and be really fun to like explore all the rooms and kind of be a small attraction within itself. You know, it almost kind of like would remind me of, you know, how they had like that I Love Lucy um kind of walk through in Universal before yes. they, they got rid of it, but kind of mix that with like food. So like whenever you have like the room for like the Brady Bunch, like across the back wall, you could have you know some of the memorabilia and like some of the stuff that talks about the show and then maybe even have like a TV running in the background, you know, running like some of the episodes on, on repeat. That would be really cool exactly that's exactly what i'm going for and uh i just realized we both really missed a big opportunity to go eat in the brady bunch's house and do the brady brunch but that know. could be like the character dining it could be. <laughs> um but i think it'd be really fun to like <laughs> take all these 70s tv shows and like go explore like um 
all the costumes and props and stuff from these shows that people grew up with and love and are still played today on channels like TV Land and MeTV and um, are living on the reruns. And I'm going to go ahead and say Little House on the Prairie is a great show. Maybe that's just me, but I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I think that I've never watched it before. I've always um, been stuck on Hanna Barbera cartoons. Same. <laughs> but like, it would be one of those things. Like, I'd be walking through the living room when I lived with my dad, and he always watched TV Land. Or, um, and if you remember, Nick and Knight back in the day used to play uh, 50s to 70s shows as well. Um, yeah, I love that. Back in the 90s and 2000s, but, um, and now we're the old ones and are playing shows from the 90s and <laughs> the 2000s. That old. <laughs> but, um, I would be like walking through the house and Little House on the Prairie would be on like TV land and I would be like, I'm going to go get a snack. And then I would stand in the living room for like two hours, not sit down at all because I'm like home alone and I never get my snack and I've watched like four episodes of Little House on the Prairie. And I'm like, you know what? This is great. (laughs) It's so dramatic. Yes. It really should have been a soap opera and not like a... Like a serial TV show. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that's. Oh, you go ahead. Oh, I was just thinking, like, not that Gilligan's Island maybe was like in the 70s too, but maybe not. Maybe that was the 60s. um, I was thinking maybe you could have like a Noah's Ark type walkthrough where it was like all Gilligan's Isle. See, I was thinking of doing something Gilligan's Island themed. Um, but part of me was like, Gilligan's Island fits so well into an attraction. Me or Danielle's going to come up with it. So I was just like, I'll just not do it. I'll try to go with something a little bit different. Because yeah, Gilligan's see, that's Island... that's what I was thinking. I was, I was figuring that you were going to cover you know, some of the other stuff. So I was like, oh, I'll just do some of the off the beaten stuff. <laughs> Look at us both be like, wow, that would be so good. <laughs> Let's not do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If we were to have a Gilligan's Island attraction, honestly, I would love to have kind of like a, um, as bad as it sounds, not even a water ride. I would like it to be kind of like a simulator where you're, you go through the storm with Gilligan and the crew. And at the end you crash land on the Island and the exit is actually exploring the island with like photo ops and stuff. Interesting. Be kind of like living through the the beginning montage. Exactly. And like, so you get to live through like the theme song and then you get to like explore the island because I don't know. I just, I just feel like any kind of like escaping the island would be so not with the show. Because the whole thing was, most of them were like, eh, it's not so bad after we made everything. You know, did they ever get rescued off the, off the show? I have I no like, idea. I'm try- like, now I'm trying to think. Did I ever see an episode where they did make it off the island? I don't know now. Okay, so me and Danielle are going to binge the entirety of Gilligan's Island now. 
So we're going to go and research that now. <laughs> no, but I think I think we have together built a very rare, well-rounded first area of Dyslexics Decades Park. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. This was the one area I was like, well, I feel like I'm having a little bit str- a struggle with because it's the decade I had the, like, the least kind of connection with. But it this would genuinely be probably one of my favorite sections of the park. How we really like dove into it. Like I would really love this. I would really love to sit in the Hanna Barbera part. Me too. <laughs> I I'm still thinking about that Beatles coaster. How beautiful it would be. Like I can already see the Instagram Ooh. photos. Ah, uh, totally, 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 totally. <laughs> Oh, so much well, fun. that is going to do it for uh, the first section of Dyslexics Decade Park, the 1970s section. We can't wait to hear what you have to uh, say about it. And uh, we can't I can't wait for you guys to hear all of next week's section, the 1980s. But before we even think about any of that and before we even think about leaving this section, we are going to do the plugs of the two creatives who created this amazing section. And the first one's going to go with Danielle. Danielle, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I would like to plug my Twitter. You can find me at TravelingDano with a zero at the end. Or you can find me on Instagram at DanoK with a zero. Yeah. Times. Come follow me for theme park and other fun stuff. <laughs> fantastic um for me you guys can follow me on twitter at, at scott 21 or look up dyslexic you can follow me on instagram at dyslexic 96 and you can follow me on tiktok at dyslexic i've been a little lax but you know we're out of the house for the first time in a long time i'm, I'm kind of living it up a little bit so give me a break on that content creation <laughs> um but with that all being said that's good for us for this week's area of the dyslexic decades park if you like this episode you can check out all of season one through three of dyslexic and season one and two of ultimate imagineer on all major podcast platforms including apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher etc and so on if you really really like this episode then you can share the show with your family and friends and give us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice uh thank you all once again for joining us before we go i want to say I am so excited to do this month-long project with all my closest friends. Um, I think it's going to be a blast, and I think you and I kicked it off to a great start, Danielle. I am going to go ahead. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Like, this was awesome. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you for being on. I had a great time. I'm going to go ahead, though, and challenge somebody out there um, who listens to the show or not. Um, If you have... (laughs) Roller Coaster Tycoon 3, Roller Coaster Tycoon, Planet Coaster. I would love to maybe see if anybody has an interest of listening to the episodes each week and creating this park in digital form or creating artwork or anything for this park. I would love to see kind of like this this theme park fan come together project for everybody with this park from audio people on the podcast to artists and creatives and everybody and i think it'd be so much fun so if you have any desire of taking part in this big project just for fun and just as a community builder then uh feel free to contact me and get any information and uh do that on any of those social medias because i think that'd be an awesome thing to see come to fruition 
fruition. I can't say that word. You know, I just had an idea. Yes. What are, what's going to be like your your entry part, like to the park? You know how like Disney, like you know Magic Kingdom has Main Street or like in Islands of Adventure you have like Port of Entry. Like, what would be like this this part like point of origin for dispersing through the decades? You know what? I actually didn't think about it because I was so hooked on creating this first section. I didn't even think about that. Um, honestly. To get the viewers to help us decide. I think so, yes. If you guys have an idea of what our entrance should be for this park, let us know. Um, and honestly, if you guys do a, a well enough job in doing this, maybe you could be cast on season three of Ultimate Imagineer coming uh, next winter. Uh, but uh, with all that being said, that's going to do it for us. I hope you guys uh, stay safe, wear your mask. If you're not vaccinated, please stay socially distant and washing your hands. Have a great summer, everybody. And I cannot wait to see what we build next week with the 1980s section. Have an amazing week, everybody. Bye.